Yeah, I like, I like that phrase in that last song that we sang that's shine your light forever and ever. I love that. That's what we're called to do, right? You need to know something. Are you ready? You're sitting down for this. I'm tired, man. Standing up for 40 minutes is hard, isn't it? Sometimes we need to start wearing tennis shoes on Sundays so we can worship bigger, better. But here's the deal. If the Holy Spirit has been planted within you, it's not so that you can keep him hidden. You are to let your light shine. Are you with me? This little light of mine, finish it. There you go. You guys are, I love this church. I love this church. We all know that the Holy Spirit of God has been planted within us to let him out. I, 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 love, I love the story pastor tells of, of one Sunday after church, a little boy comes up to him as a pastor shaking hands and, 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 uh, and, and telling everybody goodbye. A little boy comes up and says, uh, um, you know, pastor, I, I gave my life to Jesus Christ today. And, uh, and the pastor said, that's great, Johnny, you know, I, I, I'm so, that's the best decision you'll ever make. The little boy had this perplexed look on his face and, and he was confused and, and he said, but, but pastor, I just have a question. You said that, that, that Jesus was, was a carpenter, is that right? I said, yeah, Johnny, that's right. Jesus was a carpenter, learned the trade of his, of his father and the little boy just like, but that means he's probably really big, right? And he's, yeah, that's right, he probably was a big man. Little boy just like, well, if Jesus is so big, you know, how can I let him out? It's true. Jesus is big and there's no way that we can keep him suppressed. He ought to be bulging out and shining out of our lives. Is that right? So that's the deal, man. I, I tell you, that's why we're, we're in this series, Shining Like a Light Bulb. Uh, we know who Jesus is. We looked at that the first six weeks uh, of this year. And in fact, if you missed it, you need to go check out our Emulate series online. We looked at six qualities and characteristics of Jesus that um, there are so many, so many others. But um, we had to get into a hymn series, and so we, we just kind of shut it down. But uh, what we're doing now with Shining Like a Light Bulb is going back and revisiting certain qualities and characteristics of who Jesus was to see how we can live it out in a dark, dark world. Would you agree with me that our world needs to see the light of Jesus Christ a little bit more, right? Hey, here's a riddle. How many of you like riddles? Let me hear you clap. Okay, good. Awesome. So for the other 75% of you, just go with me. Just hang in there for a second. What do traffic jams, long lines, and waiting for a vacation to start all have in common? What'd you say, sir? Boredom. Yeah. Impatience. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are great. Aside from the painfully obvious, from the fact that we're... <laughs> you know, completely that these things are unwelcome stressors in our lives, right? Um, there, 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 there's one simple answer to this, and you guys have already nailed it. The, the, the answer is, is simple. These are all situations where we could use a little extra patience, right? A little extra patience. Now, I got to be honest with you today. I hate this sermon. I hate it. In fact, I thought about going back and preaching the 21 values that I wrote last week that I didn't get to because I just don't like this topic, 
But here's the deal. It's not up to me, right? If we're going to preach the gospel, we need to preach the whole truth, right? The whole from cover to cover. But this is just, I'm going to be honest, it's a hard one for me, all right? You're going to listen for 30 minutes. I've had to deal with it for about 20 plus hours this week getting ready for this sermon, all right? Here's what patience is. And we looked at this several weeks ago, but just as a refresher, let me remind you. Patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Ooh, how many of you say today's sermon is not for me? I do not have anything I need to take home from this topic. Anybody, anybody. Great, good. So there's about 300 of us in this room then that probably need a word from the Lord this morning. Amen? Patience, accepting or tolerating delay or trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. It's the ability to be able to to control your emotions or your impulses and, and proceed calmly when you're faced with difficulties. This word patience comes from the Latin word pati, which means to suffer, to endure, or to bear. So don't blame me, blame the Latins. Or is that true, the Latins? Who would those, what people group is that? The Latins? Latinos? No, who is that? The who? The Romans. Blame them. They were a jacked up people group anyway, right? They, they caused so much trouble. Read the Bible. They just messed up society. No, actually, built road. I mean, there's so many good things about it. If you're Roman or Latin, we love you. Now, listen, so this is a word for all of us today because I think all of us, if we're gut honest with ourselves, we struggle with this, don't we? We do. It's a hard part for us. But we looked at several weeks ago that, at who Jesus was and how he demonstrated this very quality time and time again. But for us, let's just be honest, it's hard. So here's the practical side of it today because we know how Jesus lived it, but it's hard for us. I mean, in, in our defense, listen, it's not really surprising or fault-worthy if, if we don't practice this virtue often. I mean, think about it. We live in a digita- digitally obsessed world where where we're used to having what we need immediately. It's, it's, it's right at our fingertips. E- even further, I don't know about you, but we're constantly busy, aren't we? Any busy people in the house today? Yeah, some of you had to schedule in your planner to come to church today, right? Because you're just so busy and alert, alert, alert. It's time to run to the house, right? I mean, between rushing from work to home to kids' recitals or club sports, Those of you that Zumba, those classes, I don't know what that means. It's probably Latin for twerking. I don't know. But it's no wonder that we really don't have patience, right? Our environment makes us think that that we don't have time for it. So I need to ask you a question. Do we even need to be patient anymore? If, 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 if the odds are stacked against us, do we even need to be patient? Or have I just wasted 20 hours this week? Here, here, I think we do need it because here's the deal. If we want to reach our goals, we're going to have to have this, aren't we? 
You know, I, I'm telling you, lose weight and feel great doesn't happen overnight, does it? It's work. And you have to set goals and it takes time. I'm shaking protein stuff till I'm blue in the face and it's, it just takes time. You know, I'm eating dirt for nourishment and it just takes some time. But if, you know, you, the, the, these goals that you've set, if you want to have successful relationships, don't you need a little bit more of this in that relationship, Right? You can't change the other person. You can't change them overnight. I mean, it's just, it's just, if you want any of your relationships to be healthy, you've got to be patient. And, and here's the deal. Here's the kicker. Why would I deal with this? Well, here's what I believe. If we are ever going to be the people that God's called us to be, if we ever want to reach our full potential in Christ, if we ever want to reach our lost friends with the gospel of Jesus, we are going to have to develop Patience. Are you with me today? Here's what I've discovered. That anything worthwhile and of importance cannot take place right away. It can't. It takes time. It takes dedication. And it takes effort in order for us to achieve those things. You know, when everything is going our way, patience is easy to demonstrate, isn't it? The true test of patience comes when, when our rights are violated, when another car cuts us off in traffic, when we're treated unfairly by someone, when that coworker mocks our faith again. I mean, some people think they have the right to get upset in the face of such irritations and trials. Impatience seems like a holy anger, doesn't it? The Bible, however, you need to know, praises patience. In fact, it praises patience as one of the fruit of the Spirit, right? It's also something that should be produced in, in, in all of our lives as, as followers of Jesus Christ. You see, here's what I believe. Patience reveals our faith in God's timing, in his omnipotence, and in his love. Patience. Patience. Now, there are a lot of people in our culture today, and there may be several of us in this room when we consider patience. We may think of patience as some sort of passive waiting or, or, or a form of maybe some gentle tolerance. But most of the Greek words in, in Scripture, when they're translated patience, especially in the New Testament, they're, they're, they mean words that are active. They're, they're very robust words, not just some passive, gentle, you know, easy words. When you translate this word patience in, in, in the New Testament, you, you're, you're going to find that they're, 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 they're robust, they're, they're active type words. For instance, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, a passage of scripture that so many of us are familiar with, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Now, in the, in the King James Version, that word endurance is, is actually the word patience. It says, it says let us um, run with patience or let us demonstrate patience, okay? D does anyone run a race passively? 
Waiting for, for the slow pokes, waiting for those at the end to catch up. Do, do you run a race gently, tolerating cheaters? No, man, if somebody, che- I mean, you're th- I, I love to watch some of those long distance races whenever they can start running in each other's lanes. I love to see skinny guys in short shorts throwing elbows. I love that. I love to see just kind of get a little, oh, get out of my, you're my personal space, you know, and just throw an elbow or two to, they're, they're jockeying for, or, or jockeys in a horse race. Yeah, I've seen a time or two where, where one dude's used his whip to whip somebody else, right? Did you see the jockey this week whose pants came down? It's horrible. I felt violated. But I watched it 12 times. It was hilarious. No one runs gently. No one tolerates cheaters. No. This word, can we go back to that verse 12-1 real quick? This word translated endurance in this verse, it means patience. Okay? You see, a Christian runs the race patiently by persevering through difficulties. You see, in the Bible, patience is persevering towards towards a goal. It's enduring trials or it's expectantly waiting for a promise to be fulfilled. Now listen, patience does not develop overnight, does it? This is not some Disney dream that you can lay down and just pray that last word and go to sleep and wake up and and you've got it. God's power and God's goodness are crucial in our lives to help us developing this thing called patience. Colossians chapter 1 verse 11, Paul prays this for the Christians in Colossae. In fact, he says, you're going to be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience that you need. You see, the power of God is going to have to help us develop this, right? This is not something you can just work harder to do. You need God to do it in you. Also in James chapter 1, it, it encourages us to know that the trials, anybody ever go through difficulties, trials, struggles, anybody? Is it just me? In James 1, he says that that trials are God's way of perfecting our patience. Look what he says. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. Let patience have its perfect work. What? I don't like that. Testing of your faith produces patience. And then I've got to be patient to let the perfect work come into my life. Lord, seriously, I know, God, you split the sea so I could walk right through it. Can't you just... Help me develop patience quicker. Why the struggle? Why the trial? Why why the difficulties? That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You see, our patience is further developed and strengthened by resting in God's perfect will and timing. Hey, how many of you believe that God knows what he's doing? Now, let me ask you, how many of you, be honest, have ever questioned, God, do you really know what you're doing? Yeah? I mean, we know that and we can say that, but tell you, when we're faced with difficulties and struggles and opposition, let's be honest, sometimes we wonder, hey, God, seriously, do you know what you're doing? Can I just tweet this? God knows some stuff. Tweet that mess. God knows some stuff. And resting in God's perfect will and timing, even when we face evil men. I'm telling you, is this developing of 
patience and our faith. Look what it says in Psalm 37, verse 7. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait, what? Patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. You wait patiently. We know that our patience will be rewarded in the end. James chapter 5, verse, verse 8. You too be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. And in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 25, it says, The Lord is good to those who what? Wait for him to the soul who seeks him. Would you not agree with me that patience is a big part of this thing called the Christ life? It is so important for us to develop this in our lives. That's the easy part, isn't it? We get it. We can say amen, shout glory, wave a hanky at all that stuff. That's good stuff. The problem is this. The problem is waiting. The problem is is waiting and and not having all the details how life is going to shake out, isn't it? I mean, from our perspective, we have everything figured out. And we want God to move within our time frame. Hey, listen, don't miss this. Waiting is a part of life and it's one of God's tools for developing people. Waiting is a part of life and it's one of God's tools for developing people. Aren't you so thankful that God didn't give you certain things when you ask for them immediately? Yeah. You see, God rarely does things according to our time frame, and because of this, we can get easily discouraged. And if we aren't careful, we can begin to develop these attitudes that God doesn't really care for us or that maybe God's mad at us, right? Now listen, it's not just us because we can find in Scripture, in the Bible, people just like you and I that struggled with this very thing. I mean, we see in the gospel, we see this happening to Mary and Martha while they are waiting on Jesus to come and heal their brother Lazarus. Remember that story? When Jesus finally does show up, he's accused, you took too long. You took too long. Listen, God always has good reasons for making us wait. Always. Waiting is a part of life. And it's one of God's tools for developing people. The Bible is full of story after story of people having to wait on God. Noah. Noah. Building a boat for years because it's going to rain. What? What in the world is rain? You'll see. Just build a boat. After time and time again of his friends coming and mocking him and ridiculing him, right? Abraham, right? Make you the father of many nations. Well, hello, I mean, don't I need a son or somebody to, you know, make this happen or, you know, and at the age of 99 is when Sarah, your wife will be ready. Really? Okay. Moses, Joseph, and Daniel thrown in horrible situations, but yet they remained faithful and patient. And at just the right time, God elevated them, didn't he? 
to places of honor. I think of David, anointed king at an early age. Only problem was there was already a king on the throne. And David running for his very life for years as King Saul chased him down. You even see it in the life of Jesus. Isn't Jesus patient? Has Jesus been patient with you? Has he put up with some stuff in your life? not giving you what you deserve for breaking his heart. Oh, I'm so thankful that Jesus is a patient savior. Amen. Amen. Time and time again. When you look at these great people, I've discovered some things I'm gonna share with you real quickly this morning that reasons why I believe God makes us wait. Number one, waiting reveals our true motives. What? Waiting reveals our true motives. You see, waiting has a way of bringing out the best and the worst in people. People who don't have good motives, they won't wait long because they're not interested in the the commitment that it takes to see something through. New Year's resolution, people. It's good for about seven days, but after eating dirt for seven days to look great and feel, lose weight and feel great, I'm saying I'm messed up. It just, no results, right? I've got to lose 50 pounds in like 36 hours to get swimsuit ready, right? doesn't work that way. I'm learning. And you've got to put in the time. But you find out where people's true commitment is. It didn't take long to see where their motives are. If they're committed to something or not. So many people are just so interested in short-term gains or, or success. And most of us have good intentions. But a lot of what we want to accomplish is an attempt to make a name for ourselves. Or for our own egos. It hurts to say that, but it's often true, isn't it? Another reason maybe God makes us wait is because waiting builds patience in our lives. You know, patience in waiting for small things leads to having patience in the bigger things. If we can't wait for God to do a small thing, we certainly can't wait for something bigger. We've seen that played out time and time again in the history of this church. You know, we sit on 30 acres of land. For six and a half years, maybe you don't know this, but for six and a half years, we were a portable church, meaning that we were in a school or a couple of different schools here in our our city over the course of those six and a half years, and we would load it in and set it up and tear it down every week. When we set out to start, by the way, Thursday was the nine-year anniversary in which I left a church to set out to be a part of planting this church. Nine years. It was awesome this week. So, yeah. But here's the deal. We, we purposefully said, I'm going to let you in a little church planting insight. Because a lot of times when you church plant, they say, you need to go buy some land. Well, for us... And Greg, you were a part of that with us, one of our elders. And, and, and when we set out, we said, you know what? We want to build people, not buildings. And so we were not aggressively looking for land. We didn't. In fact, about a year went by, maybe a year and a half. And, and finally, a, a, a realtor or someone here in town would say, hey, there's some land for sale. And, and, and we would occasionally go look at it or, or something would pop up and we might go. But we were never really aggressive in looking at land. We looked at land that was, you know, five acres, 10 acres. We looked at land that was 12 or 15. But, but we were just never really aggressive with that. We just felt like God was calling us to build people and not buildings. But, but even in that process, I see patience. 
Because at just the right time, God blessed us with 30 acres of land with a heck of a deal that we couldn't pass up. Listen, we looked at a piece of property, 10 acres, for like $1.5 million. I'm no mathematician, but that's a lot of money per acre. Until one day, through our patience and through God's perfect timing, him making this available. Hey, Jason, elders, trustees, church family, listen, I've got some land for you. I know you're not looking for 30 acres, but, but I've got 30 for you. And, and, and oh, by the way, it's $15,000 an acre. How does that sound to you? Let me write the check today, Lord. Thank you. Right? It's amazing, but it's the small things. Being patient and waiting. And folks, listen, if we can't be trusted with small things, what makes us think that God would ever entrust us with bigger things? Doesn't, isn't there a verse of scripture that speaks to that, I think? Yeah. You see, our problem is our perspective is usually wrong. We, we, we tend to think that bigger things in life are things like finances and possessions. But God thinks influencing and changing people are more important. <laughs> you see, we're wrong. And so waiting builds patience in our lives. Number three, waiting also builds anticipation. Why do children get so excited about Christmas? Because the wait, the the anticipation that it produces, correct? We, we, We tend to appreciate things longer when we have to wait for them. Hey, people tend to treasure things that you have to wait for, right? You do. You do. You remember that first car that you paid for and bought versus getting dad's hand-me-down? You took better care of it, I'm sure, because it was now yours and you were paying for that, right? But you waited. You were patient, right? Patience and waiting builds anticipation in our lives. And that's another reason maybe why God is telling you right now for something in your life, hey, will you just wait? You think you know what's best for you, but, man, I've got something greater. Another reason why maybe God makes us wait and is developing patience is waiting transforms our character. You see, waiting has a way of of rubbing off all the rough edges of our lives. Most of us know the story of Moses, right? Delivering the Israelites from the Egyptians. I mean, it's a great story. Disney movies made about it, right? It's a great story of God doing great miracles. But, but there are very, very few sermons that talk about Moses having to wait 40 years in the desert before God came to him to give him that calling, right? But it was during those 40 years God used this time of waiting to transform his character. Now, we know this because when he was a young man, he was brash. He was impatient, right? Right? In his impetuousness, he, he, he killed a man. He hid the body. And when his sin was made public, he, he ran for his life and he was exiled to the desert. When he was given a second chance, he opted to do it God's way and in God's time. And in the end, many of us know how the story goes. Those Israelites were delivered from slavery and Moses became a great leader. But it was those 40 years of waiting that transformed Moses' life. And can I just tell you something? 
it does the same for you and I. Hey, listen, you need to trust the Lord. And there may be something that you think you need to be embarking upon or something that you need to to have happen in your life. I'm telling you right now, you just might not be ready for what God has for you. Trust him. Trust him. It may mean 40 years for you. Will you be patient? I told you I hated this sermon. Another last reason maybe why God makes us wait is because waiting builds intimacy and dependency upon God. You know, the reason we're able to read about great men and women of the Bible is because they all had one thing in common. You know what it was? They were all people who learned that their success in life was directly proportionate to their intimacy and dependency upon God. All of them. You see, for them, a relationship with God wasn't a get-rich-quick scheme. For many of them, it was a matter of life and death. The good news for us today is that God never asked us to wait without him. He's there. And waiting during those difficult times developed those old men and women of the faith, the great leaders of our times that we read about. It was waiting during those difficult times that developed their relationship with God. You see, some of the most intimate relationships we have in our lives are because maybe we've had a friend that stood with us even during the trenches of of the heat of the battle, right? You ever been there? A difficult time? You were struggling with something? Maybe this is what scripture means when it says that we have a friend that's closer than a brother in the book of Proverbs. I don't know. But the reason we get to read the stories of these great men and women of our faith is because they went through the difficulties of life with God. With God. You see, that's what sets us apart from people that, that, that face, we all have difficulties and trials. None of us are immune from that. But I'm telling you, you can see a person, you, you see their faith and how they respond in those difficulties and trials. If they're with God or they're not. I believe that's that joy of the Lord that shines through during those difficulties. You see, in the end, these great men and women of our faith, these men and women whose stories we read about and and these men and women who we color pictures of in vacation Bible school, they enjoyed the process with God. They enjoyed the struggle. And ultimately, they enjoyed the promise of God. I've always believed that God is just as interested in the journey as he is in the destination. If not, all these biblical accounts would would only include the the feel-good parts and and, and not the good, the bad, and the ugly times of waiting and being patient. Listen, we may not always understand why we have to wait, but the good news is that God never asks us to wait without him. So how can we demonstrate patience in our lives? Give me something to help me with as I leave here today. Well, real quick, here you go. 60 seconds. 
why don't you practice gratitude? You see, research shows us that it makes us happier and it's less stress. It makes us even more optimistic when we practice gratitude. But it also, I believe, helps us practice more patience. Hey, why don't you be mindful of what is making you feel rushed? Listen, you control your schedules. We say this around our office a lot. You need to learn to say yes to the best and no to the rest. Hey, listen, don't come complaining and griping, weeping, gnashing your teeth and just say, I'm just so busy. Listen, you can control your schedule. I'll control it for you. I'll, I'll cut some things. But I think you're man or woman enough to do it. You know what's the best for you and your family. Hey, make yourself wait sometimes. Instant gratification may, may seem like the most feel-good option at the time, but, but it's psychology research all actually implies the opposite. In fact, according to one recent study, waiting for things actually makes us happier in the long run. Wait. Hey, for you, maybe you need to learn to embrace the uncomfortable. Hey, we need to become comfortable with the uncomfortable. (laughs) We need to become comfortable with the uncomfortable in order to cultivate a little more patience. And for some of you, in order to be patient, in order to learn to wait a little bit more, maybe you just need to do a little breathing. I don't remember much from all of my focus on the family moments, Pastor Howard, but I do remember this one. When it comes to parenting or situations, just reflect before you respond. You know that one, Pastor Robert? It's good, isn't it? Just breathe a little bit, right? Just breathe. Some of you need to do that. And oh, by the way, let me just remind you what Scripture says. Be still. And know that I am God. Father, I thank you for the word today. And I pray that somehow it's um, been something that we needed to hear today. Lord, I think all of us know that we struggle with this topic. But God, I pray that through our looking at your word and through just looking at ourselves today, Father, give us some things that we can do in order to develop this quality that Jesus had. And let us emulate him by living out patience. Amen.